to White Truck! Oh yeah, let's get ready to truck it live! Live here from Evolve, the next evolution of oil and gas. I'm Dooner, here with... Michael Vincent, the dude, really excited to be here, man, and learn from the experts. You know, we got a little bit of a taste of both of these topics. So our last What the Truck was adapt or die. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this event's all about evolution. And then at Global Supply Chain Week, we had that oil and gas day where we caught up with Colin McClelland. He was on the show with us talking all about um, the, the memes that drive energy <laughs> at some point during there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So really excited to be here and learn from these guys. And it's a very hot topic lately, right? Well, you know, and, and right now in freight. So our freight Intel group in 2019, they put out this report that was talking about the number one reasons for carrier bankruptcies and failures. And the top seven were recessions, uh, falling contract and spot rate prices, mm-hmm. rising diesel prices. We're right. seeing plenty of those right now. Expensive, rising and unaffordable insurance costs, seeing some of that. High labor and maintenance costs, starting to see some of that. Unionized labor forces and onerous contracts with large shippers, such as Amazon and too. other big companies. Yeah, talked about that as well, haven't we? You know, to, to be honest, I haven't looked that much at the price of gas since the uh, pandemic began because I haven't been driving that much. But now our coverage of this 17 going on 18 week run of the DOI EIA diesel price and all that kind of stuff, it really starts to open up your eyes. And that's what made me think back to that report by the Freight Intel Group and all those record bankruptcies we saw that followed in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of it's like gen, uh, logistics in general, right? Yeah. Until last year, you don't really. It's not in the public's eye, and when it's not a big thing and it doesn't affect them in a very obvious or conspicuous manner, it's out, it's out of sight, out of mind type of thing, right? Of course. And now it hits home, and you're like, oh yeah, wait a minute, I'm infected every day of my life by what's going on in the oil and energy industry. Well, it is sort of like what we talked about at the end of our last episode of What the Truck, Monday's episode. If you'd like to go back and listen to it, look up What the Truck on your favorite podcast player of choice or catch us live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when there are not events, noon Eastern time, Freightways Facebook, Freightways LinkedIn, then on, devel- on demand on tv.freightways.com and the Freightways TV app afterwards. But we were talking about that New York Times coverage, too, of the shipping at, at coming into the port of California, right? Yeah. Causing this big crisis with, with container costs and all of those different kind of things. Well, this is another situation. Gas is another one of those. It's this very visible reminder that on a mainstream level allows people to immediately ingest what's going on within an industry. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And see exactly how it's affecting them and what is going on here. Like, uh, we got a news story here talking about these type of things, right? With the tanker prices. Yeah, and tanker prices aren't great right now. The tanker no. prices aren't great right now at all. What, what are we looking at with them? So the analyst concession was that OPEC and Saudi Arabia individually would bring a million to 1.5 million barrels of production back online starting next month, right? Instead, they held back productions, and that's putting back a bloodletting for the crude tankers, right? So even worse for the tanker demand, Argus uh, Media reported that Saudi Arabia is not going to uh, bring its production back all at once during a startup in Maine. Rather, it would, it would wait and phase it back in gradually, which is not great for tankers. Yeah, we got deeper we got into that conversation a bit on our episode of what the truck on friday where we were talking to virgin hyperloop and how they were looking to change up shipping exciting stuff we talked to their ceo and co-founder josh geigel from there really really interesting and intense guy we have another great guest right now though it's ryan hunt ceo and founder of rig call out we talked to him in the pre-interview and he's a lot like dom from fast and the furious it's all about family thanks for joining us I thought you were talking about my hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dom's hair, too. I don't know. Head. 
Not yet. Not yet. Your, your hair's looking sharp. Where are you at? Where are you sitting right now? I'm sitting in St. Louis, Missouri. Beautiful. In my home office. Yeah. Beautiful. They've been yeah, trying right to sell us on um, not St. Louis, but Kansas City, Missouri is this big e-com hub. Yeah, look, it's what do they call it? The Silicon Prairie. Oh, oh is that right? The Silicon Prairie. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I love it. I, I love like it. that. Well, hey, man, introduce yourself a little bit. What is uh, what's the rig call out? So so rig call out is a it's a software company, typical SaaS B2B company. Uh, we focus we have focused specifically in oil and gas since 2017. We were founded in June of 2017 and uh, just began uh, product field testing and trials in early 2018. We launched commercially in 2019. And, and really, we've stayed focused on oil and gas supply chain and kind of last mile project management and deliverability up until um, the disaster of March of 2020. And we um, we made a push earlier than we had expected as a company, and we um, we started call out, which is which is more of an industrial uh, full truckload product to um, just hedge ourselves against negative thirty dollar oil. And um, you know it was a it was a scary time for anybody in oil and gas, and you know as any any startup does, we're we're lean, mean, and agile, and it's easy for us to make changes because we don't have 10,000 employees uh, behind us to kind of move that aircraft carrier. We're more like a speedboat. Easier to adapt uh, and avoid dying, right? And, and diversifying and, and uh, future-proofing your business, which is excellent. Looking at it in, on your LinkedIn, I saw Pipe Brothers podcast that it says, it's hard to call Ryan Hunt's logistics solution a disruptive technology because there's no one out there doing it, doing what he's, what he's doing. In one sentence, RCO allows all stakeholders in the logistics supply chain, operators, pipe dealers, multi-freight companies, et cetera, to view their trucks locations through the same app in real time. So no one was doing this, Ryan. What made you do this? And what was, what was the aha moment to, to start up a uh, rig call out? So, so that's a, that's a very long and loaded question. Uh, I spent 10 years in oil field distribution. Uh, so I worked for, a, a, um, a casing distributor for about 10 years in oil and gas, oil and gas upstream and oil and gas midstream all over the country. And, you know, we, we dealt with, with the problem of just industry fragmentation. You know, I don't know much about, um, LTL freight, other than, you know, a truck goes to a thousand different places before it's done. Oil and gas is one truck going to one place, you know, and there's tens of thousands of vendors that are that are managing that and even more carriers that support that. And it was always problematic when you had a rig calling you for a quarter of a million dollars worth of pipe going out to a drilling rig and nobody knew where it was at. You know, I could find my kids in 10 seconds anywhere in the world with the data connection but you can't tell me where a quarter of a million dollars worth of pipe is on a truck with an iPhone and a satellite connection and ELD and GPS and all these things. I, I was totally blind. So if you can imagine as a, as a massive distributor, when your customer calls you out in the field and says, where's my stuff? And your answer is, it's late. I don't know where it's at. I mean, that's terrible customer service. That's that's no different than ordering something on Amazon and them telling you it'll be here tomorrow and it doesn't show up for a month, which we all experienced during COVID. And, and so um, it, it was a problem. 
it was a pain point back then. It was always just a kind of a lingering question of like, this is such a stupid problem. And, you know, at the time, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and so on. And, you know, it just, but this is my job and my career. And in 2017, I made a decision to leave the company and the industry and help my wife with her thriving and growing uh, marketing agency. And, you know, she really was redirecting and rebranding and really understanding what she was as a company and, and needed scale. And so left the company thinking, man, I'm going to get all kinds of flexibility and, and time and my schedule being self-employed because the assumption as an employee is always, you know, the guy that runs the company has tons of free time and money. And, and what one thing that I experienced 90 days into the process was I missed oil and gas. You know, transportation is very much like oil and gas, very industrial, very unpolitically correct, very just relational. We speak our mind. You know, we love to chat. We love to build relationships. We joke. We have fun, you know, and we all we all thrive in that environment. And and it just wasn't happening. And, and you know, working with large, massive corporations. And so, you know, the, the question was, I got to get back in oil and gas and um and I'm not going to go back to the company that I worked for. What was the biggest problem that I encountered within that period of time in that industry? And, and it really was, where's my truck? What's going on? And so, you know, there, there's kind of an assumption around your question, which is, if nobody's doing it, why would you do it? Because it probably doesn't make sense. And so we really had to attack the problem for, for what it was, which was enormous fragmentation. You, it's an industry that thrives on third-party contracting. You know, you've got, you know, major E&Ps and pipeline companies contracting their vendors out, who contract their freight out, who contract their services out, who probably, you know, broker their freight out to 10 or 15 trucking companies. And it's, a, where's my truck? And then 15 phone calls take place and and nobody knows. And so track and trace is not a this isn't rocket science. I mean, we I do it every day with my kids on Life360. You know, I, I think every trucking company has a track and trace tool implemented. And the problem is the fragmentation that these solutions provide, which is if I am um, if I'm CH Robinson and I I have visibility in a portal over my tracking and I offer that to my customer, if that customer only uses CH Robinson for their freight, then Sure, they have that visibility. We were a 25-person distribution company, and we relied on 50 to 100 trucking companies. And so if you imagine 50 to 100 portals, we now have another problem. And so we really, as a company, had to attack what is this problem and how do we simply solve it, which is a very kind of connected, collaborative, viral approach to a product. So instead of building transportation software for a transportation company, we built a visibility tool and a communications tool for everyone. If you're an oil and gas company, if you're a pipeliner, if you're a trucking company, a service company, a freight broker, a distribution company, whoever you are, you can actually drive this software within your business. So it's not like a, like a fleet tool, which is only available to your, um, your trucking company. So we, we try to get you know, a trucking company to embed it. A distribution company sees it and then can embed it in their organization and then their customers see it out in the field. They can then embed it in their organization as well.
Yeah, what, well, I did a segment on frac sand about a year or two ago, yeah. and one thing that really <laughs> stuck out to me in doing that segment about frac sand was just some of the dangers and perils that drivers face just delivering that, you know, delivering that type of commodity. Ooh, yeah. um, what are some other issues that you're finding out, in, especially in oil and gas trucking, driver issues that um, your visibility may be helping solve, especially from a safety perspective? From a safety perspective, you have the lone you have the lone worker problem, which exists for a trucking company. I mean, if your truck goes down, he needs to be able to communicate an issue out. You know, he or she. If you have um, hot shots, I mean, these we track F three fifties with a gooseneck trailer on it. No different than we track a, a eighty thousand pound semi truck going out to location. And and when when you have a driver they are not supposed to talk on their phone. They're not supposed to text. So generally they're getting phone calls. They're getting text messages when somebody wants, where are you at? What are you doing? What's on your truck? You know, can you, can you stop over at a truck stop and fax me the shipping documents? So I know how much stuff you shipped or what, whatever the question is. If you have all those, all that data available to you in real time, everyone in the supply chain, you never need to pick up the phone and distract that driver from what they're doing, no matter where they are. And, and I think that's a key element of safety that exists in the field. And, you know, you brought it up. Fraxan is a disaster. I mean, you've, you don't have one truck going out to a, a, a remote location on the side of a mountain. You know, you're talking with sand, tens, if not hundreds of trucks at a time that need to arrive in a, on a road. And they need to know where they're going. They need to be able to find it. It needs to be coordinated. And if they don't show up on time or they're scattered out, all the other services and, and vendors that are behind them and between them coming before them are all fragmented too, which, you know, is an oil field NPT time or downtime is a, is a huge, huge cost. So if I have a truck sitting around for four or five hours waiting for these late sand trucks to arrive, then that's four or five hours somebody has to eat. You know, Ryan, uh, when we talk about visibility and we talk about, um, you know, general freight outside of, of, of your vertical, we talk about, you know, somebody's upset because USPS can't tell them where their, their package is. Or then you got Peloton paying, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars to start air freighting bicycles because of the backlog of ships, et cetera. When you go through some of this stuff is, is very similar and obvious, but as far as the parallels between, you know, your your van and just e-commerce, that type of stuff, and what you guys are doing. Uh, but some of it is not so much. There's a lot more project-involved uh, manufacturing, almost like automotive. But you also list in there as one of the things on your site is, is commodity price loss is one of the issues. And that's one of those interesting things that I was hoping you might be able to uh, expand on a little bit. Well, okay, so so here's an example that I try to give people. So if I'm a if I'm a distributor working on a three percent margin, you know, I I have to get those trucks to arrive on time. And if I don't, all of the ancillary services that are there waiting are gonna charge me for that. So if you know, if I'm waiting for uh, a truck full of boxes, you know, at a warehouse. I've got two or three guys there at seven bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour, whatever it is, on location waiting for that. If they're a couple hours late, a eh, hundred bucks, you know, is our is our cost. When you when you're delivering to the oil field, at least in the pipe business, you know, we we would have forklift operators, 150 bucks an hour. We'd have inspection crews there out 
So, you know, several hundred or thousand dollars an hour waiting for that. We had, you know, just the general services and then the trucking companies charge you to sit around and wait too. So, you know, at the end of the day, if your trucks are late and nobody knows about it and nothing can be coordinated because nobody knew where they were, could pick up the phone, could communicate any of these issues, your your margin was evaporated before your product even made it to location. And, you know, if if you shut a rig down $10,000, $20,000 an hour to be late, your your 2 or 3% margin is long gone plus some at 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 some point and you know and somebody pays for that and it rolls downhill and generally ends up in the trucking company's hands for that and you know or the ENP if it doesn't roll anywhere and and that's cost. I mean, cost is everything right now. That's probably why you guys are having this this conversation in the news clip before is everybody's concerned about their cost of goods. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's going up and so is the fuel prices. Hey, we're, we're concerned about the time. We're almost out of it, but I got to spin this real, this wheel really quick for you. We've been a little bit dry. <laughs> nice. So we, we gotta, we gotta sprout some oil now. Okay. Here's from the wheel of stupid questions. All right. You're in a hotel and the guest next door keeps banging the wall. Do you complain? Man. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, I don't. It's not I, worth it, you know, right? It looked like he was remembering an instance where he did and said, I, I <laughs> swore I would never do that again and complain. It, it might only last 30 seconds, man. You know, oh. like, <laughs> depending on who's next door, if you're at the conference, too. You're like, ah, it's Michael over there. This will be done in a second. Yeah, <laughs> hey, man, how do people reach out and learn more? Uh, you can go to our website www.rigcallout.com or you can go to callout as well. We have two websites for two different messages and um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Ryan Hunt. Thanks, Ryan. There. Thanks for joining us at Evolve. We appreciate awesome, it. Awesome, Ryan. Take it easy. Yeah, I mean, he, he's smart. He's like, you know, the, the, whoever, whatever may be happening may be over quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. You got to assess your situation. You yeah. adapt. Hey, we, have a wheel, we have a wheel of stupid questions. Here's a stupid news story. Oh, okay. This is out of Brevard County, uh, Florida. So, you know, we have the wheel of stupid questions. Yes. They have a thing called the wheel of fugitives, but they've been getting in trouble because viewers have been watching this segment. And I'm not really sure what, like, why they've game showed up, fied this. I'm not even 100% sure what's going on in this story. Uh, wheel of but fugitives. <laughs> apparently, people have been watching like this wheel of fugitives go around. They're like, that's not my face, or I'm not a fugitive. Wait, that's me. Yeah. I'm not. Well, it turns. <laughs> Turns out that more than 30% of the people on the Wheel of Fugitive are not even fugitives. Yeah, that's uh, so 135 times out of 44, uh, 448 slots. Yeah. What, what does not, that mean to me? We're not fugitives, right? Yeah, 30%. <laughs> they, they spin this thing a lot too, right? I, it, it says there's episodes of this thing. Does it happen on the news? Is it happening at jail? <laughs> it seems to be televised because people who are not fugitives keep singing. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to figure that one out later. Uh, Find okay. out what the truck on your favorite podcast player of choice. Look up what the truck or look up Freightcast to get every single Freightways podcast all in one feed, including many of the sessions that you'll hear today. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dunas, D-O-O-N-E-R. You can find him at Vincent the Dude. Thank you. Take care. Peace and love. And evolve.